It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. From Super Bowl champs to five wins, what's in store for the Los Angeles Rams in 2023? It's Rams Day, and we're breaking them down from every angle today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. Joe, happy Friday. Thank you. Happy did, Friday to you. Did your team also release their training camp schedule yesterday? Uh, mine's been out for like a week and a half. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, mahalo. Um, when, when did they report? The 25th. Is it the 25th? I think that's what it's what yeah. that's a Tuesday. I reckon you reckon. Okay, great. Uh, likewise as well. Excited about that. Uh, I had a question that was put through on one of the locked on Dolphins subtext listeners that I wanted to ask you as like our fluff to start wow. today's show. Cause we wow. always have about three minutes worth of fluff. Okay. And the question was pretend you're a player, like an NFL player. And you had a choice uh, of where to go. So you're, you're a rookie, but you're going to get like a certain salary. That's not undrafted rookie salary. Would you rather play somewhere else for the fifth highest salary at your position? Or would you rather sign and play with your favorite team? a la the bills for the 18th. And I don't know why he said 18th, but 18th highest salary at your position. So would you rather how much is your loyalty to and love of your team if you were in a position to choose where you were going to play? Well, I think it would come down to what position I play and <clears throat> what my viability as an actual player. Like, do I have a real chance to like stick in the league? Because well, if I you're do, you're getting top twenty salary either way. You'd man. see you'd probably have a, a viable. It's tough, right? I'll go I'll go with the top five salary for not my favorite team. Okay. Okay. I I my response was if you told me I can play a decade, if I if you guarantee me I can play a decade, I'd consider the lower salary. But if you can't guarantee me the decade for my fan my family's financial security and, and generational wealth, I would take the, the top five salary and play yeah, elsewhere. We both leaned into viability to an extent. It's like I mean, if this is just 
one three years one year, yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. But I don't know. Even then, you probably want you want the money. Yeah, but if you have 10 years of it, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I feel like 10 is a long enough runway where you can still make meaningful career earnings that would be generational. Well, I think the the layer to this that's important is like you're asking me at 37 years old to make this decision. I think that's a lot different than you've grown up, you played high school football, you were a big time recruit. Like you see this trajectory in your life and you, you're, you become conditioned to accept the idea that you're going to play in the NFL and you don't pick the team. Right. And so you, you think about it a certain way, right. At, at 37 years old, I'm coming in real cold, real cold to that conversation, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so it's like, all right, well you see it differently. Um, but yeah, it's, that's a fun little rift. I mean, Kyle, you mentioned about fluff. I mean, speaking of fluff, we, we perfect segue into the Los Angeles Rams 2023 Brother, roster. What is happening? Well, they won the Super Bowl. I think they that's did. the, we that's can what, just say that over how many, and over. How many years can, do you have to qualify your conversation about the Rams with saying, well, they won the Super Bowl? Kyle, I think you can make that very personal. And if your team won the Super Bowl, what would that leash be? I mean, it'd be pretty long for me. Of course it would, but yeah. I mean, for for the sake of the twenty the twenty twenty three Rams, we're saying, well, this is still the aftermath of the ideology that was implemented to win the Super Bowl. I get it, but how long is that relevant because before it's no longer relevant? I think the fact that they did win the Super Bowl and That's everybody kind of understands how and why that happened. I think this is like almost like an expectation. They tried to kind of piece it together last year, bring in a few pieces like C. They just they couldn't stay healthy. And now they're just completely in a rebuild. Yes. There's, what, 30 rookies on this roster that we're projecting. There's more than 30 on the 90-man offseason roster. But like if you were to project rookies to make this team, there's like 25 of them. Not not high picks, Kyle. Not high picks either. We're talking right. Yeah, we we didn't have three ones and two twos and three threes, right? Right, <laughs> because that those that draft capital went towards winning the Super Bowl, and and you again credit credit to the team that was put in place and those who did it because that was the entire objective. And, and let's be fair too, the Rams did this and they peaked with winning a Super Bowl, but in reality their winning window was like six years, right? You had, yeah, I think if you Super go Bowl backwards, appearance. absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it was the, the, it was like a six year window of realistically giving yourself a chance to win a Super Bowl. And it you was did, just a ramp up towards the end there, right? Yes. To maximize their six years. Yeah, you had four years with Jared Goff and then you switched to Matthew Stafford and you wanted in year five. And then you tried to run it back in year six and it didn't happen. And now you have $72 million in dead cap for this season. I I don't think you're going to get fully through to the next window of competing with at least one of Aaron Donald or Matthew Stafford under contract. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, not one, n- neither one of those players is, is necessarily tradable assets right now based off of how you chose to structure both of those deals. Stafford's technically in year one of his new year, new deal, his four year, $160 million contract. He's got $111 million in dead cap this year. Now next year it's down to 91 and a half million stuck for two years at least. Right. I mean, Aaron Donald's got a 59 and a half million dollar dead cap hit right now. He's got two void years on the back end of his deal. 
and he's in year two of a three-year $95 million contract. So for all of the – it always kind of rubs me the wrong way with the salary cap is monopoly money, salary cap's not real. The, yes, it is. The, this is the ramifications of it. You can do whatever you want for an extended period of time, but at some point you have to pay the piper. And the Rams are now paying the piper for what approach they took, and it worked, and that's fine, and that's why they're going to have a chance to do it again. Mm -hmm. Because if they didn't win a Super Bowl, Les needs probably – if they did what they did and they don't win the Super Bowl, how much of a conversation is about Les need and his position with the team? Huge. It's a huge conversation. Obviously, we're attacking this quite differently than we have all the other teams, but I think it's because it requires a different conversation. Yes. Uh, but as we continue this lead up in, into really getting into the Rams, I think it's really fascinating that we've heard the R word tossed around for both Aaron Donald and Sean McVay, and they're still here. Mm-hmm. And and usually when you hear the R word, that's about it. That's about it. And we know that, I mean, it might have even been stronger for Aaron Donald. Um, and I I thought last year was just a weird version of Aaron Donald. I, I thought his effort was up and down. It wasn't quite the impact we've, come used to seeing from him but also Sean McVay and a lot of personal dynamics involved there um married got married just announced that there's a child on the way congratulations to them by the way huge congrats um you know I know his wife is Ukrainian and I know there's been a lot of impact with that situation from where she's from Mm -hmm. obviously huge broadcasting opportunities for Sean McVay where he's probably going to double his salary as a coach to just call a game a week and do 15% of the work that goes into broadcast or coaching. And, and, you know, this is the, he signed up to come back to this to the point where he even told his coaching staffs like, Hey, look, if there's other chances out there for you, go do it. And we saw some of them leave. So it's just a really fascinating football team that all of those dynamics have been in place. And yet here we are in 2023 and Sean McVay still the head coach, Aaron Donald's still here. All right, so as we, well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to lead the next question, the next segment with a uh, with a question for you okay. first. Are we going to get to the offense? <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll be a good lead into the offense, kind of. Okay. Uh, but before we get there, we need to tell you about Bird Dogs. I absolutely love this brand. Their shorts, their joggers, they're awesome. They make you look good. Bird Dogs has these stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through your thighs and legs, give you that truly sculpted look. And they're just way better than the regular shorts that you have that are like made of that stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so that gives you a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They have this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And let me tell you, after a week at the beach, I've been really enjoying my bird dogs. When we go out at night, I'm able to put a polo on with them. And people think I have khaki shorts on, but I don't. I have bird dogs. They look so good. They are extremely comfortable. So check them out. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL and enter our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. When you get some, when you get some bird dogs, you won't want to take them off. We promise you. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. You've got a question for me. Yeah, here's my question. Go ahead. So as things are currently scheduled, the Los Angeles Rams are being welcomed back to the first round of the NFL draft in 2024. Fact or fiction, their Los Angeles Rams pick a player in the first 32 selections of the 2024 NFL draft. Fact. You think they're doing it? Sticking and picking? Maybe trading back? They're just going to be picking so high they can't, they got to pick a player? If you're picking in a stratosphere of landing another quarterback, and namely a quarterback that already plays in Los Angeles. Oh, man. Or you have Marvin Harrison Jr. at your disposal. Oh, man. Like, like respectfully, we still got Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek are two of our top three wide receivers on this roster. Like, now that won't be the case 12 months from now when Puka Nakua's emergence uh, manifests itself. Mm. But for the time being, that's that's still where we're at. Yeah. Caleb Williams is going to the NFC West, isn't he? <laughs> Some way, shape, or form. Are you going to, to Tempe or, or staying in Los Angeles, right? Like, those... <laughs> feel like really good but what would be interesting is if it was arizona and caleb didn't like that would they do would they do the, the eli manning mm-hmm. tell you what i don't think they'd be getting trade done with the rams if that were the case probably not probably <laughs> that not. ain't gonna happen all right so let's talk about the offense um yeah let's talk about the offense what gets you okay if they're if you're gonna get excited about this offense it's cooper cups you know, like, dude's one of the premier players in the NFL. Just unbelievable production over the last three years. Obviously, last mm-hmm. year got cut short. But, I mean, this dude has really emerged as a high-volume receiver that has really good hands, ball skills, route running, body control, play strength. And, obviously, Sean McVay has really figured out how to get him going. And so, that's what you get excited about on this offense. And, like, Cam Akers is a starting caliber running back. I know it's been a weird relationship. But, like, when he's on the field, he's a, an effective back. Rob Havenstein's. Uh, a good right tackle. Brian Allen's a good center. Tyler Higby's a volume player at tight end. That's that's wound up being pretty good. Van Jefferson, when he's healthy, he's available. I think that's where you what you cling to to be happy with the offense. And then it's about kind of filling in the blanks here with a lot of um, unexperienced players like at guard with you know Logan Bruss and Steve Avila and you know what's Joe Nope Boom really going to give you a left tackle? So that's you got some good stuff. You have some question marks here. That's the big mystery for me is Joe Nope Boom. And the contract that he signed to stay in LA and what it looked like when he was on the field last year. Uh, I get pretty excited about Avila and Logan Bruss kind of flanking Brian Allen. I think Brian Allen's one of the better starters on this offense and obviously a, a great scheme fit for McVay's system. And you take that and you have these big mauler types who are dancing bears, but still relatively athletic in Steve Avila and Logan Bruss and I think there's something to to hang your hat on there. Uh, little worry, like how dynamic can Cam Akers be? Obviously, he came back from an Achilles, and we're hoping to see a more explosive version of him. But uh, if that if he's not explosive, Kyron Williams is not going to be your explosive guy. He's more of a receiving third down type skill set anyway. So 
is Zach Evans can like, can Zach Evans be the change of pace guy? I mean, he's been in what two spots the last two years as a highly prized recruit and got outproduced by backs in both of those spots. So yeah, well, there's obviously physical talent that's there. Um, Matthew Stafford's familiar with the system. Obviously this is year three of him in, in this offense. So do you feel good about the familiarity there? I think the offense is much better positioned to have success this year than the, than the defense is. Um, but offensively you have to stay healthy because effectively every appealing player that we talked about just now got hurt at some stretch last year. And every single one that, statistically speaking is not super probable to happen again, but how healthy they can be is, is going to determine the floor of this team because if they get banged up again and Stetson Bennett and Brett Rippon are taking snaps at quarterback or Brian Allen goes down and you're on another replacement level player at center, it just can really throw the whole thing for a loop because you have so much inexperience on the interior. Heaven forbid, if Cooper cup goes down, the dude might break the NFL single season receptions record. If he stays healthy for 17 games, just because that's, that's the kind of volume he's probably going to get. Um, there's a fair amount of questions, but I think the floor is higher than what it was last year because I, I don't think everybody gets hurt again this year. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very fair statement. And and a lot of the players that played, that maybe they didn't want to play, are now experienced depth players. And mm-hmm. uh, so if maybe that's your silver lining from last year is some of these guys getting some opportunities and getting some reps and – Maybe that's that's kind of a fair long term or like it's an overall point for this roster and a lot of players on defense that we're going to get to in a minute. But like maybe they're not traditionally guys that command a high volume of snaps, but they're playing. And, you know, through this, maybe they're going to unearth some players that um, maybe wouldn't have normally gotten those opportunities and they can find some building blocks to work with. Um, But I think that is kind of a silver lining here with that offense. from injuries that now have some experience. Okay. So that's my challenge here. As we get ready to wrap up the offense, find me the two players that you think are most likely to be building block pieces. Cause we're right now we consider the building block pieces to be Cooper cup, Brian Allen and Matthew Stafford. Is that, is that yeah, the right fair. three? I mean, they're the only three on the offensive side of the ball that are graded better than adequate level starters. Yeah. So, who else? Find me two more. Ben, now, Ben Skoranek was a great story last year and what, what he was asked to do and, and them kind of running a wide receiver and running heavy personnel with him. But I think we both agree, based on what we created him as a quality depth player, that he's a role player. And I think in a lot of other situations across the league, you don't get that version of Ben Skoranek, and, and that's okay. It's okay to be a scheme-specific player, but I do think that puts a certain glass cap over his evaluation. I think the two guards, Avila and Bruss, um, feel like the guys that can be that. I know Vila was a fairly high second-round pick, and mm-hmm. I'm excited about him. I think he's a powerful dude that can really move as well. Um, and then Logan Bruss, who unfortunately was injured last year, misses entire rookie season, but if I'm not mistaken, was their top pick in 2022. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's the most ceiling there from both of those players. Um, honorable mention, Van Jefferson. It just feels like if he could stay healthy, he could command Puka. some – Puka. I know that you're all big on Puka, but we'll see. Give, give me Puka Nakua over Van Jefferson. Oh, my dynasty team is in shambles with that type of comment. Nobody cares about your face. Yeah, but my, I do, so I, I get cares. to talk about what I care about here. 
Um, all right, so we shift our attention to the defensive side of the football, like Kyle said. Um, feels like that's where the battle might be a little bit more uphill. Uh, so we're going to break that down here for you after a very, very quick break. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Aaron Donald and... Ernest Jones and Jordan Jones. Those are your top three starters. Now, Kobe Durant flashed a little bit last year. In slot, yeah. Got his hand on a number of football. I think he had three, three, four interceptions, I believe he had. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. there was some nice flashes there. Uh, Michael Hoyt as kind of a... Hey, you got that down? The pronunciation police, they're in the comments these days. Got to watch out for them. Yeah, I've heard all about him. Um, He kind of got forced into a pretty meaningful role at a certain stretch and showcased a good amount of versatility for a big body guy. I'm really intrigued to see how he continues to evolve, but just the dominating observation here, Joe is not, Oh, we have quality depth players. It's not, Oh, well we, we are in trouble because we have replacement level players. Effectively the entire depth chart. That's not Aaron Donald, Ernest Jones and Jordan Folger on the defense side of the ball is either pink or green, which means they're either an incomplete evaluation or you're a rookie this year. There is just so much youth that has to be filtered through. And some of those guys will elevate and raise their game, but others of them will not. And I, I think the numbers are stacked against you where you're, you're kind of playing the lottery here and you'll have guys like Kobe Durant who emerge and, and kind of prove themselves and cut their teeth. But I just feel like you have got, you have so many voids with complete mm-hmm. unknowns and not heralded players and not players who were coveted highly uh, or, or are deemed to have high-end NFL ceilings because if they were, they would have been drafted much higher than where the Rams actually had a chance to draft. So you mentioned that we're leaning into youth, and so I, I challenged myself to look at this depth chart and ask myself, where do I get excited about the youth? And if there's, there's a spot that intrigues me, it is the edge. We mentioned Michael Hoyt, who really kind of showed something with an unexpected opportunity last season. But then this trio of young edge rushers, I think they drafted them all this year. Byron Young out of Tennessee, who I... Big fan, draft dudes alumni. Draft dudes alumni, wired the right way, great story. He's a guy that's going to go out there and and give you everything he has, and he's got a lot of athleticism. Nick Hampton out of Appalachian State, O'Shawn Mathis, Nebraska, right? Those three players, I think, is the best concentration of young players that gives me some intrigue about what they can become. And this unit, I mean, they're they're missing quite a bit from last year. Bobby Wagner, Leonard Floyd, Taylor Rapp, uh, Ashawn Robinson, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, uh, some, some big time players, right? Those are all good players in the NFL. Um, And so there's going to be a lot of turnover, but where I get excited about where they have a concentration of youth with talent, it is the edge group with Hoyt, Hampton, Mathis, and Young. You like having Raheem Morris as the DC here too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I certainly think that will be helpful for all of this youth. Um, 
uh, Robert Rochelle. <laughs> we Darren Kendrick. We got Jason Taylor and Russ Yeast as potential starting safeties with Rashad Torrance and Quentin Lake. I mean, the the, the cornerback room that's not Nichols is just who knows. <laughs> Throw a coin in the air. Darion Kendrick. Who's Please. starting next to Ernest Jones? Christian Roseboom? Hummel, Roseboom, Smenda. Now, the good news is you play the Cardinals twice. The bad news is you play the 49ers twice. Like, like I think that begs the question, like, what are the expectations here? Yeah, I think that's an appropriate final place to go is expectations um, for a team that Obviously, $72 million in dead cap this year. I'd expect you're probably going to be looking at some big dead cap hits in 2024 as well as you transition away from some of these older players who uh, you'd be wise, I think, to get assets for because by the time you build this up, realistically, what is the window which you feel the Rams will be ready, have a roster that is ready to compete at a high level again? It's three, three years, three right? Three years, yeah. Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford are probably not going to be a part of that picture. So I'd expect some dead cap hits in 2024 as well, and potentially 2025 because of how those contracts are structured that are, are meaningful dead cap hits. So expectations this year is find those unexpected pillars. Right, What the Rams did really well for a while in the midst of that six-year winning window was they routinely outdrafted batting average in the middle rounds. And I don't mean like the second round. I mean like the third, the fourth, the fifth round. They were finding meaningful football players with consistency. So you have this influx now. You can kind of jumpstart that process, find some players, understand that all these players on – economic low-level UDFA and late draft pick contracts for the next three, four years are going to be very valuable for you because you're going to have to eat some stuff, if you know what I mean, not just for this year. Like, this is going to be a several-year process to clear the pipes. So that's what the expectation is, is is find those players, understand this ain't going to be, and this is probably another four or five win team, if we're being honest. But what you do to find those young players and, and how many you can find to expedite your rebuild is the big question. Yeah. And it's the Rams are still, it feels like they're new to Los Angeles, right? And it's a, it's a market that hasn't always shown the most support and biggest appetite for this football team. And like, obviously the Super Bowl championship brought a lot, but you know, you saw very quickly SoFi turning into a, situation where the opposing fans were kind of taking over right and even for the chargers as well and so i think it's a little bit of a dangerous game that they're playing in this market as they're trying to kind of win over uh a a fan base and win over a city and so I, i think it's good that they won that super bowl obviously but i think getting them back to the point where they can be a sustained winner is going to be necessary for the nfl to really reach the levels of passion that they're hoping for in Los Angeles. 
brother. We have Joe Nopum on a twenty million dollar cap hit in twenty twenty four. It's tough. A lot of t- a lot of this is tough. It doesn't really align with a lot of our own personal ideologies for building well, a football team. It, it it's fine, but like next year's probably going to be the same thing. Now you'll have more players of these pink and green players that will have declared themselves into buckets. So maybe the youth with experience will set a higher floor, but that's why I think like Stafford and Aaron Donald post June 1st trades next year are probably very sensible things for the Rams to, to consider. Because again, we're, we're going to have to, you need to jumpstart this with some assets too, right? Like you haven't had a first round pick in, Dude, who was it? Seven years. It was Jared Goff, I believe, was the last first-round pick. Oh, my God. You can't be serious. Is that really who it was? Okay, I'll float around and produce this wow. thing for for me. Wow. I can't even think. I mean, I'd, certainly they it invested first-round picks in other players that wound up being really good. But the last actual first-round uh, selection. Here's their day two. Here's their top 100 draft selections over the last several years. Uh, Avila, Byron Young, and Kobe Turner this year were all day two selections. Logan Bruss was their first pick in 2022, but he was picked 104. So he's technically mm-hmm. technically not even a top 100 pick. Tutu Atwell in 2021 was their only top 100 pick. Cam Akers, Van Jefferson, Tara Lewis in 2020 were all top 100 picks. Taylor Rapp, Daryl Henderson, David Long, the corner, and Bobby Evans were their top 100 picks in 2019. Joe Newboom was their only top 100 pick in 2018. Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup, John Johnson, top 100 picks. Gerald Everett was 44th. Nicely done. Uh, in 2017, 2016, Jared Goff pick one overall and did not pick again until 110. That was Tyler Higby. Brother. It really and then was. Todd, Todd, Todd Gurley in 2015 was the – and then Greg <sighs> Robinson in 2014. And then Tavon Austin in 2013. Wow. Well, after Tavon Austin and Greg Robinson, they said, you know what? We don't yeah. need these first-round picks, man. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and trade home away. So, yes, Jared Goff was the last first-round selection made by the Los Angeles Rams. This this is what that looks like, right? This now, And, it, again, it worked. We're acknowledging that it worked. But your rebuild, instead of having a one-year pivot with all the deferred money and the long-term prorated guarantees and the big dollar amounts and the, the void years, your one-year turnaround is now probably a three-year turnaround. Yeah. And this is, year to... two, this is year two of the turnaround. Fact or fiction? The, and you can split this to side of, of the ball if you would like. The Rams 2023 roster is better than the Dolphins 2019 roster. That's a question for you. You're the one that's recently fact, studied fact the 2019 fiction. Dolphins. Um, man. I I don't know. I, I mean, I would think the Dolphins were probably better. If you looked at the initial 53, I would say the Dolphins had a better roster. When they still had Laramie Tunsil, and they had Minka Fitzpatrick. And they traded both of those by the end of week two. And I think you get past that point. And then I think you can say this Rams team has a better roster. But I think the initial version of the Dolphins 53 in 2019 was probably a better roster than this. Those are both on rookie contracts too. Right. 
they don't have those types of chips, man. Right. And they, I mean, they flip those for four first round picks and two second round picks. And I think two third round picks is what they ultimately ended up. I mean, they, they kept kicking those assets out, but like, that's why I keep coming back to Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. Now the problem is instead of being rookie contract players, those are guys in their thirties that are on the, the back end of their career. Yeah. So that's the thing for the Rams is like the more first and second year players that you unearth now, those have to be critical successes because going back to the original talking point with the Rams and drafting on day three, I mean, here's some players that they, they found in the middle rounds who ended up being meaningful players. You go to 2000, what is it? Where does it start? 2016, you had Tyler Higby in the fourth round, right? It's a good hit. Uh, 2017, you had Samson Ebicom in the fourth round. It's a good hit. You go to 2018, you had Agbo Ankaronkwu in the fifth round. You had Brian Allen in the fourth round. You had Sebastian Joseph Day in the sixth round. Some good hits. You go to 2019, you had David Edwards in the fifth round, Greg Gaines in the fourth round, Nick Scott in the seventh round. Yeah. 2020, you got Jordan Fuller in the sixth round. Like, it was pretty consistent. You were finding a couple guys that you could kick in that were far outperforming expectations. But once that, the last couple years, has not continued, I think that's when you've really seen this well dry up. Even like Troy Hill and Demarion Williams, like, or Demarius Williams, like, just like kind of random players that have been able to step in and help them and being able to fill in the gaps, right, with good moves. I mean, like Jalen Ramsey, like uh, Whitworth was a huge addition to them in the past. I mean, Von Miller helped them get over the hump. Leonard Floyd, right, what a free agent signing that was. You know, kind of a very modest career as a top 10 pick with the Bears comes over to Mm -hmm. the Rams and has at least nine sacks in three consecutive seasons. Like, they've been able to find those types of guys. Um, And then even kind of tapping into some of those – veterans that wanted to go to LA and bringing in an Eric Weddle to kind of be a, a key piece for their Super Bowl run. Like they've, they've been able to piece it together. Odell. Um, oh man, Odell. Right. Well, so yeah. they've, they've made it work. And I mean, that run, like you mentioned, I think it's important to, to identify that window is going back to like 17. Cause mm-hmm. I think that is important. Cause I think we can all look at it and really, perseverate on the end but no like they played in the they, super bowl <laughs> and they, they won like 13 games of yeah like a number of times very successful i mean mcveigh start to his career up until last year has just been really 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 good um and now we're kind of going to take your medicine phase so yeah i mean they maximized that window 11 and 5 13 and 3 9 and 7 10 and 6 12 and 5 went to two super bowls one one that's yeah. That's life in the end. Now, this is an extreme version of it, but that's life cycles in the NFL. About six, seven years is about yeah. a normal window. Any, what team wouldn't sign up for that? The Chiefs? Like, that's the only team. Every, right now, probably. every other team in the league would sign up for that as a previous six years. Yeah. So there you go. That's the Los Angeles Rams in all of their glory. It's just a fascinating team. They definitely do their own thing at a very different rate. I think the ideology shift is going to be apparent here 
uh, over the next couple of years as they gear back up. And uh, we're excited to see what that process looks like and who the players are that emerge and uh, kind of help them expedite that process. But that's going to do it for us here today on this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We are the dudes. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. Shout out to our everydayers. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make it a great rest of your day. Make it a great weekend. I'll be back in on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.